Welcome to Accelerating Your Dental Practice, a podcast with free expert advice to accelerate your practice's efficiency, growth, and profit. Here's your hosts, dental management consultants and friends, Malika and Michelle. Welcome back to the next episode. Malika, how are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Happy um, Monday. Hope you had a great weekend, everyone. Oh, it's been so hot. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it's like fall around here. I don't know what it's like around the rest of the country, but you know, New England Actually, has its ups and downs. We're getting a little chilly here too. I know. I know that I'm not ready for fall, but it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. I'm. I'm so excited for today's episode. I. I always love talking to you, and I feel like every time we get on one of these, we have so much fun and we learn so much from each other. But we thought we'd like mix it up a little bit today. And if we were going to add a guest, this is the perfect person for it to be our very first guest. I am so, so very excited to have Teresa Duncan from Odyssey Management join us as our very first guest. Welcome, Teresa. Thank you so much, guys. I just, I love you too. And I love you too, like the two of you. And this is going to be fun. I, I really like, I'm so excited that you guys are podcasting. So welcome to the podcast world. Yeah, this is, it's been great. I think we're, we're, we're building momentum pretty nicely here. And I'm really excited to dive into uh, today's topic to kind of help these doctors accelerate their practice and, and discover their pace discover how they can be so efficient. So I know pacing is something that people don't think about until they are completely going 150 miles an hour. Then all of a sudden they're like, oh, uh, maybe I should do this differently. <laughs> so hopefully, you know, this conversation with all of us can, can help them put some stuff on the calendar, get things going steadily. And Find that rhythm that I think really helps new practice managers and leaders and new owners and even the experienced owners that are like, okay, I need to finally pay attention to this. This can really help them. Yeah. There's so many things. Yeah, that and I couldn't agree done. more. I think pace is huge because I always joke and say, this is not a sprint. This is a marathon, guys. Like pace yourself. And as you said, Teresa, really well is that, you know, no matter how experienced you are, you have to constantly find that rhythm and have organization in what you do because it's, it's ever evolving and ever changing. This is what, what I like, why I love this industry. And they keep like giving us new things to do and track, right? So <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, when we were managing way back when, I mean, it's, <laughs> we tracked production collection, accounts receivable, Maybe we took a look at insurance aging, but we pretty much knew what was aging, right? And then, of course, continuing care. And now, now you have to track so much. And so how do you stay on top of that? You know, like, how do you even remember to run this report? And then once you run a report, the unfortunate thing is you got to do something about the report. So you got to work the report. And then by the time you're done with that, it's time to run it again. And then autoclave yeah. breaks down, compressor breaks down because you weren't paying attention. Your hygienist, it's time for their review. It's just a mess. It can be a mess. Definitely. So how do we help <laughs> these 
doctors and managers to stay on top of things like that. I'm sure everybody has their own system, but I'm sure everybody's system could use some improvement. It has to be flexible enough for for you to add in these extra tasks. Like think of the regulatory environment and all of the new things we have to track. I mean, way back when we didn't have to provide translators to our our patients that were hard of hearing or with a different, you know, had a different language. And now we have to know on a regular basis, like who are our resources? And I remember talking to somebody, it was at a conference and they had, they really had a big issue because the company that they had used to do translations had gone out of business and she just hadn't checked them in the last two years. So she had to scramble to find someone and then find someone with an opening And whereas once a year would have been a good time to check in and say, hey, what are your rates and when are you available and what languages do you offer? Like to just do a double check on that. So so it's you know, you have resources and you compile your resources throughout the throughout your your time owning a practice or managing a practice. But you have to also keep updating that and then keep on touch of what has to what has to be added. Like I said, these regulations. So what's been really successful for a lot of. Uh, my coaching clients, meaning like the one-on-ones, like a lot of times I'll get, I'll get dental spouses that want to work with me because they don't want the team to know that they're unorganized. (laughs) So they, they have me, you know, kind of help them. And so what really has helped them is having a Google calendar. You could do iCal too, if you're, if you're Mac, but having like a Google calendar or something like that, but Google calendar is so basic and it works really well. But you set up for a whole year, you set this up and, and you share it with usually the owner doctor, or if you're the owner, that, that's you, you can share it with the manager. But you put in the, re- the recurring items piece is the most powerful piece. So if you have reviews, you can remind yourself, you know, three months before the review, hey, take notice of this, make sure you check that you've been writing down good and, and positive and negative things about that employee. So you can put in a whole bunch of stuff, interviews, the x-ray machine inspection, the autoclave inspection, the compressor inspection. My gosh, you'd never want your compressor to go down, right? And then you have all of the credentialing. You know, my my piece, the insurance part, like if you don't credential, I mean, Malika, how many times have you had a client like just lose their status? Michelle, you too. Like if they don't credential right, forget it. They're out of the network. Especially right now, if you drop off that grid with them, we were just talking about, you know, Delta Dental is a big one I hear a lot. And if you're a Medicaid office, that's another nightmare. And, you know, you know, they won't, you know Delta won't backdate it to the date of that actual application. And some of these Delta Dentals are six months right now yeah. for credentialing. So you want to make sure, you know, you have a system. And I can't agree more, Teresa, with, you know, the Google Calendar. I mean, I personally can't live without my Google Calendar. I have reminders for everything. Yeah. But I think, you know, as an owner, spouse, you know, even your manager can get involved. You can put a lot of great reminders on there and, you know, share with the, the individuals on your team that need to be reminded of these tasks. And when you do the recredentialing, ask them, when am I going to be due for another recredentialing? And I would even put it, I always say, put it a week or two earlier mm-hmm. so that it reminds you to call them and ask if I'm due. Because with, you know, the mail system and all this stuff that's going on now, sometimes you'll get a fax, sometimes you'll get an email, maybe you'll get a mail. And depending who opens the mail in your office, you might never even get that piece of paper that says your final reminder for recredentialing. So it's, yeah. it's important to kind of take it in your hands and have a system that whoever's in, on your team that's going to help you with that task can get a reminder to hopefully avoid any kind of hiccups through the process. 
For sure. For sure. Well, and, and also training your team too. Like you were talking about the team opening up the mail, like maybe you have somebody new who hasn't gone through like the protocols of, of that. So I think it's really important, no matter what size you are, there has to be an administrative touch point throughout the year of here's our best practices. Is it working for you? You know, you, this is what I expect as a manager or owner. Um, And, and what's really funny is when you have that with team members, they'll go, we know what we're doing. What are you doing? And it's like, okay, just pretend that you just started (laughs) yesterday and let me just go through this because they won't tell you, but you'll probably say something that they're like, oh yeah, I should be doing that. And they just won't tell you, but at least now, you know, Hey, you did that. But the interview piece was a big thing for, um, for clients because they just, you know, when you do your interview or not interview piece, I'm sorry, review piece. When you do your reviews, you're really like sitting there and thinking about just what happened recently. You don't remember what happened three, four, five months ago. So in addition to the managerial calendar, you know, having a managerial log is really important, whether it's a journal, whether it's a Word document that's password protected. If this is a private calendar, you can always go into the date of the review and put your notes in there like throughout the year. So you can have multiple ways of keeping track of what you want to say rather than sitting up the night before and going, okay, well, she was fine last week. I guess, I guess I can give her a raise. Like, that's not cool. You don't do that. (laughs) Yeah. So I I think, I think you have to set a good pace for yourself, but you, you have to realize that you will get behind if you don't. I mean, my biggest issue with new practice owners is that they get hit over and over again with things that they, you mean, that's why I named my podcast. Nobody told me that nobody said, okay, you need to track this. Okay. You need to track that. And you know, who knew that you would have to keep track of your CE and they were going to come audit you in the very, I mean, you know that, right. But who knew you, they were going to come audit you in the first year of practice. Well, you know, that's, they can, and, and they will, if they want to, and that's, that's just how it goes. So, yeah, you guys have probably run into that with your new open clients, like things that, wait, what? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, and that's why you have checklists, right? Like, isn't that like you, you both have developed like some serious checklists for your clients because every, and every time something blindsides us, what do we do? We put it on the checklist. So you add it into the things that you've forgotten um, on the calendar. So, you know, I can give you guys a couple examples of, things that people don't remember to do. So um, you got a second and I can do that with you guys. I think that would be great. That'd be awesome. All right. So hepatitis titer checkups. All right. How about reviewing HIPAA and OSHA with team and making sure you have all of your documents signed by the members, right? So, or the people who attended the training. Well, how about even, sorry to interrupt, Teresa, Mm -hmm. how about even like making sure a new hire is, is trained? Because yes. people think so much about the annual training, but forget to train the new people. Exactly. Exactly. And you all need a baseline. And one of the most important pieces that you can train on is the emergency protocol. And if yeah. you don't train for that at least once a year, if you ever go into court for this, like if there is ever an issue in your office, you are, you're dead in the water. You are dead in the water. The, your malpractice lawyer, or actually your malpractice lawyer won't touch this. It'll be your business lawyer. If there's any kind of um, violence or anything in your office, things like that, or if there's a medical emergency, it's going to be 
a mess if you don't have this training in hand. So it's, it's really just crazy. Like what, let me, let me tell you this, like how often, I mean, another one while you're thinking also is like, Mm -hmm. I get a lot of, you know, the new hires that end up leaving or giving notice really quick under the one year. When I ask them as I'm in the office, it's like, well, they promised me a 90 day review. And Mm -hmm. I just really wanted to know how I'm doing. And it's been nine months and time flies guys. And, you know, we're all busy. So it's important to put some, and as much as you guys might think that's not even important to them. And many of them told me it's not about the race. It's more about just hearing if I'm the right fit for their practice. Mm -hmm. So it's really important to be able to just give feedback. Feedback is big. And the younger crowd of staff that you hire, it's, they really want that feedback. They want to be, you know, told that they're doing great or they need to do better or what their potential is. So if you go six, nine months without talking and then the minute you do when they're about to leave and you just want to give them a raise, you've already lost them. Right. Because they feel like they're not valued. I mean, this, this is all about right now. So I think even putting that on the calendar, but sometimes I'll hear clients, of, oh my God, I can't believe she's been with me eight months. I completely forgot. Oh, well, you know, so yeah. it's important to remind yourself of that. And what about those regular check-ins? Like every two weeks, just a little reminder when a new, new employee starts every two weeks, check in. We're yeah. not talking like big dinner or big lunch, like just check in in the hallway. Hey, is everything okay? You know, do you need anything from us? Um, you know, what about your lunch and learns too? Like when was the last time you had a steady stream of lunch and learns with your reps yeah. from your team? You know, that, that kind of stuff happens like if the rep comes around. Whereas we really, as, as professionals, we really need to stay on top of what's the latest and the greatest out there. And then my, my favorite is your third-party financing. Like you need to have your people come in and do that kind of conversation, have that conversation with your admin team so that they have the right verbal skills. And then what happens is, as you know, like this, when you have these regular meetings, people are going to go, oh, okay, it's another meeting, blah, blah, blah. But what ends up happening is it sparks so much conversation and people forget how much they, how many times they had a question that they wanted answered and they just, it, we, you never had a, a scenario where you could ask these questions. So it's really important to have like good times that they can look forward to where they can ask their questions and not feel like, okay, if, okay, now I, I've been wondering that for a while. And managers and doctors, if you hear that in meetings, okay, yeah, I've always wanted to ask. If you hear this, I've always wanted to ask. I guarantee you there's other things that you're not teaching them that they are just winging it. And if there's anything I don't want happening in my offices, it's anybody winging anything. So it's on you to, to check on them with this. So, yeah. And I feel Teresa, that there are too many people winging it Mm -hmm. because there's just not enough time for training. I feel like everybody unfortunately has been just understaffed for so long that when a new person comes on or they're just trying to, to, to get through the day, they forget a lot of this stuff. So having this calendar or something that's literally going to remind you that you still have to do it and making it a priority for that time is really, really important. Well, and, and I'm happy to share mine that I use with clients. It's in a PDF and happy to share it with you guys. So I'll give it to you and you can have it in the show sure notes or people can contact me, but I'll just read you a couple other ones too. Like it's pretty important, like doctor to meet with hygienist to go over a periodontal protocol. And I want them to do that on a quarterly basis. If you have more than one hygienist, you guys have to calibrate what your periodontal philosophy is. 
And with these periodontal guidelines, I keep saying new, but they're not new at all. The staging and grading guidelines, I'm still amazed how many offices have not even brought this up in meetings, you know, the new protocols and, and they need to, because that's going to, that's going to be a, a big thing of documentation. I mean, when was the last time also another entry is gathering all of your lab fees, keeping track of who you use for labs and evaluating whether or not you're getting the best pricing, which could mean check in with people around you. Like maybe you're in a study club, maybe you're um, in a, in a forum that's, you know, a pretty decent, reputable forum online, ask them, you know, what are the fees? So uh, evaluating your lab bills, evaluating your credit card processing, like that saves you tons of money and you need to do it. So it's, we just don't, you know, we just don't look at it. And then also looking ahead to CE events, you know, I've touched on CE, but a lot of times you will find new owners because they're running around with their hair on fire, struggling to fill CE with, if they have a live CE requirement, they're struggling to fill that up. So go in there and and pick the shows you want to go to, the meetings you want to go to, the state meetings, block those off in your managerial calendar. And remember to block it off in your actual calendar, you know, have that to look forward to. Um, You know, there's so many others here. Let me find Oh, goodness. Okay. So um, checking in with the clinical lead that back office tasks are done. Now that is to me is on a quarterly basis. And what that means is, um, are we happy with our sterilizer monitor company? Are we happy with um, the emergency kit who we're using? What about our sharps disposal? Are we having issues with them? What about our company that we purchase supplies from? Are we getting them late? Are we having shortages somewhere? Do we need to shop around? Do we need to join a buying club? I mean, that's something that lots of new owners, um, even existing owners are starting to catch on that buying clubs can save you a lot of money. So yeah. Do you guys use buying clubs for your clients too? Or do your clients find them already? Yeah, I have multiple orthodontists and pedodontists because their you know, volume is so high. Yeah. They do that and they're very pleased with it. Yeah. It does well for them. So what about um, evaluating the people who refer patients to you, not just your insurance companies, because you don't want to send them thank you letters like they're supposed to send you people, right? So (laughs) what about like reaching out to the people who have been steady referrers? And you could do this twice a year and just saying, hey, thank you so much. We appreciate you sending something nice, a handwritten card, not just a note on the form referral letter that you send out there used to that, get them a card that's oddly shaped. So they, they're like, okay, what's this? This is different. Or, you know, send them something nice. And there's so many things you can send them now. Uh, Those refers are going to keep your practice alive. If you run into any insurance issues or you decide to go out of network. So, oh, and the calendar thing comes in handy when you just, if you ever decide to go out of network, that the calendar really is huge there because you have to Start running reports at least a year before, really, ideally, a year before running reports, finding out what production you have from these carriers, finding out how many people are coming from these carriers. And then after you decide to leave the network, then you have the year mark and then the two-year mark of following up with these patients. It's, it's, there's, a, there's so much you can do with with a calendar now that it's digital and my goodness i'm old school i used to have a regular day calendar what what did they call those things they were in they were binders was it 
wasn't a Philofax. It was something else, but everybody had to have one. Day planner. Day planner, I, I think. Yeah. It was Day something. planner, I think. Is, yeah. 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 And you would have to buy sheets to put in at the end because you used up all of the sheets. And it was like such a scam to buy these extra sheets. But, <laughs> <laughs> but that was that was how we operated. Right. Like just and those sheets were recurring sheets that you brought, you know, and, and every year it got bigger because you were bringing more and more of your stuff over. So that really just got eliminated. And this is what I want them to do. And then, okay, so another one that's really important and just just butt in guys, if I'm just talking too much. Another one that's really important is workplace security. Having a yearly meeting with, and the local police department are happy to either do this themselves or bring in somebody that can do it for you. You can do a threat assessment of your office, like how safe is it to go to your office, to be in your office. So if you have a bunch of overgrown bushes, guess what? They're going to tell you they need to be trimmed down because it's a threat to your employees going back out to that back parking lot where nobody can see anything, right? So so having a threat assessment, but also just workplace violence drills. And I wish I didn't have to say that, but if you Google workplace violence and dentistry, it, mm. I mean, it's it's unreal, what's going on out there. There's the, the shootings in Texas, right? The yeah. guy that came in upset about the cost of his denture. You have an uh, upset ex-boyfriends and girlfriends driving cars into offices. You have fights between employees. I mean, oh my gosh. So yeah, it's, it's scary. It's, I mean, I had one in DC with an upset patients in an office, but unfortunately it, it happens. And it's like when you don't have the training or how to handle it, it, and this happened, gosh, seven years ago. But I remember that was the moment where that office realized they need some understanding and training how to get through this process if it happens again. Yeah. You know, and um, I can't agree more, Teresa. Like, you know, be ahead of the game. Like, have the training, the protocols, and be ready so that if God forbid this happens, your team knows how to handle it. Yeah. Well, and what about goal planning? You know, I mean, everybody thinks about goal planning at the end of the year. But in my experience, goal planning then is like, why would you do that to yourself? Because you're crazy busy with people trying to get in for the end of the year. You're trying to figure out, you know, bonuses, Christmas party, like all the annoying stuff at the end of the year. So goal planning for me always happened first quarter is when I wanted it to happen. Um, It was just easier that way. Same thing with reviews, guys. Don't schedule reviews at the end of the year. What a mess, you know, schedule them. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> September was usually ours because it was slower. Everybody had gone back to school. So the office had, you know, September, what did they call it? Dumb. September. That's what yeah, September, right? September. It's slow. Yeah. So yeah, you're much nicer. September. Oh, <laughs> 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 um, so, so you do that in September. And then also what about taxes? Okay. What about your quarterly taxes? What about meeting with your accountant on a regular basis? What about meeting with your consultant on a regular basis, right? Whether it's a monthly or if you guys have them on a maintenance plan or if <laughs> if it's more frequent than that, you know, if they're starting out. Um, what about having uh, an updated uh, documentation class, making sure they're taking class on documentation? Um, your malpractice carrier is going to be thrilled to tell you where you can go do this. And quite frankly, I think the whole office needs to take this class. A lot of times they just require the doctor to take the class on documentation and, and how to protect yourself against malpractice. I think the team should do it because I don't think these teams realize a lot of times that if you, if your doctor gets sent to jail for, for something 
guess what you have to do? You got to go find another job. The office just doesn't keep going, right? So it's in your best interest to know how to do it as well. And for me, if I have somebody who comes in with a resume and they have malpractice training, documentation training, oh boy, are they going to stick out? Sure. Yeah. The other thing I'd like is marketing, like putting marketing stuff on the calendar, especially events. For sure. You do an event and it's like in August every year, like put it on the calendar for the next year, even a little sooner. So you can start to plan with it. What I find is a lot of doctors like spur the moment. Oh, there's this thing coming up next week and you're scrambling to try and get things. So if you can look ahead for these events and plan for them properly, and then if they're annual events, you just put it on that calendar so that you're prepared for the next year. Some of those marketing things. Yeah, that's a really good one. Like, yeah. like, aren't they fun? Like to me that like, if you're going to plan out marketing calendar, like that, that can get the team involved, but it's yeah. also your time to like shine. I mean, people still do turkey trots. They still do turkey bowling. We did frozen ham bowling. Yeah. Um, that was kind of fun, you know, and for those of you that are like, what is she talking about? Like you can do this in a small area, like your hallway or even <laughs> in the driveway, you know, the, the building and the, the patient gets a chance to throw a frozen ham down see how far they can throw that down. And then there's a winner and it sounds silly, but you know how excited patients get, you know, and they're just like, and then they, now they videotape it, but we didn't even have that before. And they were excited. Now they videotape it. So it's pretty, it's pretty funny. I'm even saying videotape and that's like old, isn't it? Like yeah, I'm come on, TikTok, <laughs> oh, and I'm a dinosaur sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I got to put in my calendar, go over all these old terms and stop using them. <laughs> the another thing that I hear a lot is check on your associates, have a reminder in your calendar for your associates, ones that have associates or an associate, because they also need some um, TLC and attention. So if you do, told them that you're going to check on them on a monthly basis, have a quick lunch every month with them mark your calendar with that. Because if you don't put it on your calendar, it won't happen. And they really need it, especially if you bring someone younger out of dental school that you're mentoring through the process, they will need some um, TLC, some, you know, handholding, which is normal. But at the same time, you're empowering them to help grow your practice. And I think that check-in is really crucial. What you could do, this is a great topic because I, I worked with a laser dentist who, who taught and, and he went around the country just teaching on, on laser dentistry. And what he would do is once a month, he would have a review for himself in his calendar and he would go back in the last month. Cause that's as recent as he's got. And he would write down the cases that were unique to him and he would gather the x-rays and all that kind of stuff and it would help him to take that out on the road and to, uh, go over it with the people in his classes. So he would use those in cases. So he had fresh cases all of the time. So that ties in with your topic of mentoring. I mean, you could have cases, um, you know, owner doctors, if you ran into a, a case that's like, oh yeah, that was a tough one. Well, imagine how tough it's going to be for a new person. So our new dentist, so take that case, take the pre and post-op, walk them through that thought process that that's, that's gold mentoring right there. Like a, an associate is going to decide to stay based on that level of partnership. If, if you have an associate and you barely pay any attention to them, yeah, of course they're going to take their pick. They may stay, they may not, but if you offer something like that, um, that you can really improve and grow under an owner doctor, that's phenomenal. I agree. That's a great idea. And I think 
that it wouldn't be a conversation with Teresa if we didn't mention putting on the calendar her twice a year insurance update webinars. Like those are so important. Like I'm already registered for the January one. (laughs) You know, it's so funny because I, I always ask them. So it's the first full week in January every year. And I've been doing this, I don't know, eight, nine years. I don't know. I forget how long. So I go over all of the new coding changes for the year and what it means to you. And then just kind of give you a preview of what I see as some trends. Um, Although the insurance changes have been, pretty like fast and furious, right? Like it's been, everything's changing, Medicare Advantage, all that kind of stuff. Uh, So I go over that. And when I asked uh, Vine Dental, who's been hosting it for for a while, I'm like, okay, you guys need to give me the link for the next year. And they're like, it's like January. I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like people (laughs) want to register again for the next year. And to them, when I first brought it up, they were like, you're insane. And I was like, just humor me. And that, you know what, we get the most signups right after the 20, the the most recent one. And then again, in the June or July one, which is what you're talking about, the mid-year check-in where I just let them know, okay, here's what I'm hearing, what's going on in the industry. And then maybe you need to do a check on your systems and and is there anything coming up with coding next year that you need to be aware of? So thanks for that shout out. Yeah. Cause I think it's really, I, I can't tell you how many people have said, you know, I have never gotten to see you speak or anything like that, but I, I've listened to you every year in January for like the last six years or something. And I'm still amazed. I'm, I, I am shocked at how many practices don't realize that the codes change every year. <laughs> they don't realize the codes change. They don't realize that the description in the practice management software is not the full code. And it's not like they haven't heard it. I think what happens is they realize uh, well, there's the description of the code. Like that must be it. Like they don't realize there's more to it. And and I don't know. I, I mean, I kind of think the dental school should be a little bit better about this that like, okay, here's what can like have a course that says, here's what can take your license away from you. And coding is one of them. And, oh, what I should do that. I should have a course named that. Like how to lose your license. Yeah, <laughs> yeah license. that's yeah. true. Yeah. So, uh, so, so there's, yeah, the coding piece. I mean, just get a code book every year. Put that in the budget. And I know, yeah. I know money's tight. I know money's tight with when you're starting out or when you've got increased overhead that's coming at you left and right now. I know, but this is, this is like stuff you can't, it's not optional, it's not optional. It's like telling a patient, okay, you need a crown buildup and crown and the patient going, forget the buildup. I just want the crown. Like that's what you're doing by choosing not to buy fundamental knowledge for your practice. So yeah, very, very important. And the other piece of, of insurance, as you were saying earlier, Malika, is the credentialing piece. You know, you can track it manually with, with the calendar. You can use CAQH, which is um, another uh, site that I believe it's free for dentists or it's, if you're an ADA member, it's free. Is it, it free? free? Okay. So it, you can track free, it. Yeah. It's great. But then you also can have a spreadsheet. So you just need to pay attention to that as well. Your fee negotiations, I'm finding, you know, at 24 months, I'm, they're not doing yearly anymore at all. 24 no months. More, and, yeah. and I really think they're moving more to 36 months from what I'm hearing. So Guardian did that like I think a year and a half ago where they said no more th- every three years. And the other carriers were like, well, that sounds good. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I think you're going to see that more. Um, so there's, there's the credentialing piece. There's the um, insurance negotiation. What about fee increases? Oh, yeah. Like Year, yearly fee increases. 
Yeah, I think you have to do yearly because you know what the rest of the country is doing it yearly. So, okay, so yeah, we're in a recession. Hold on, let's let's throw that out the window. So pre-recession, I was saying three to five percent a year because that's and and people are like, why three to five? That's so arbitrary. It's not arbitrary. Cost of living adjustment. So you all should know about COLA, which is your cost of living adjustment. The federal government sets COLAs. And they tell you every year, what's the cost of living that they they impose on their federal employees and their the federal government and the budgets. And why does that matter to us? Well, it's because most companies use that as a benchmark. You know, so if they're going to increase salaries, cost of living adjustment is what they go by. If you're going to increase fees, first of all, if you're going to increase salaries, that's got to come from somewhere, right? So that's why the price of things goes up. So you have now increased fees. So three to five percent is typically what I would have people do. And now we're at, I mean, what are we at now? Seven, eight percent inflation. I mean, so if you give them a three percent raise, they've lost five percent of their purchasing power with their salary. So you really have to take inflation into account. And this is why inflation means high everything. Now pricing is going to go up in so many segments because the the overhead just went up exponentially. And so if if Darby or Patterson or Shine's overhead went up, if Dentrix, Open Dental, Eaglesoft's overhead went up, if your implant company's costs went up, what do you? How are you going to absorb it if you don't raise your fees? It, you're not. You're gonna you're gonna lose money, and you're gonna end up being in this situation where you're paying money to have treatment done for patients. So very very important, Malika, for sure. Yeah. What are you telling your clients? What are you guys telling your clients this year? I mean, I, I mean, you and I had a good conversation, so I brought this up because, you know, I had a conversation about this and I used to say three to 5%, but now I've been saying, let's do about 10. Yeah. And, you know, the argument is, well, I'm in network with 20 plans. So it won't really make a difference anyways, is the, you know, the immediate response, which, yes, I get it, but you do have a percentage of patients that still are out of network. And also you're sending those claims to insurances with those low fees. Mm-hmm. And if some of you, I mean, I just had an office recently where 30% of their fees were lower than one of the insurance carriers they were in network with. For sure. Like, are you even realizing what's happening here? Like, it's important for you to understand and put a benchmark of a, of a fee that is, you know, common in your zip code area and is competitive enough. And also when you're submitting to insurance companies, when you come to negotiate in two years or 36 months, if your crown fee is lower than the fee of that insurance carrier, I mean, you have not much room to play there. Yeah. Why would they give you a higher fee? You've been happy with this fee for so long and they know it because they've got the data on it. I mean, they know it. And they probably, if you, if you're not submitting your full fees on the claim form, they can tell what fees you've been agreeing to. I mean, there's people have to realize that the, the data, the claims data is shared by so many companies from clearing houses to um, exchanges to carriers themselves Oh my goodness. They, they know how much you're willing to accept. They just, there's just no, don't, don't fool yourself by thinking, okay, well, if I take 500 here um, for a crown, I mean, oh my goodness. Um, you know, care Carrington is never going to realize I took that. They're going to keep me at my 800. Well, guess what? They're going to yeah. figure that out. So got to be, got to be really careful about it. And the other piece is if you, well, actually, let me back up. I remember a, a doctor coming to me at the end of one of my classes and he's like, I want to raise my fees, but I feel like I'm penalizing the fee for service patients because I'm raising the fees for them. 
and they're subsidizing the PPO patients. And I said, he said, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I can do that. And I said, you're already doing it. You know, we had a very honest talk. I said, you're already doing it. What's going on now is that you're realizing you're doing it and you're starting to feel guilty about it. So let's take a look at this. Maybe you shouldn't be doing it. And it was a very honest conversation. Maybe if you really look in the mirror, why are you taking this really low fee and letting other patients subsidize it? Now, sometimes there's good reasons to be in network and sometimes there's not good reasons to be in network. And by evaluating your fees and keeping yourself competitive, it gives you a truer picture of what's possible should you decide to go out of network. I like that. It is scary out there though. It is scary out there out of network, I think. So I don't know. Um, I think I talked to maybe Michelle about this at one point, but I'm getting a lot of doctors now who are saying, okay, I got out of network. I need to go back in for at least one or two. Yeah. At least one or two. Maybe not the level I was at before, but I need another plan because I'm slow and I didn't anticipate this. So they get scared. Uh, So that's, that's starting to come around now. And of course, if people don't spend money on anything, they're not going to spend it on dental. So we got to watch consumer behavior on that. So, yeah. And honestly, going back to the managerial calendar, keeping your business skills sharp, like what we're talking about, staying on top of what's going on in the industry, you know, making sure that you're taking industry trend webinars. LinkedIn is good for that. They have always have good webinar series where they go over like what's going on in, in basic economy, but I always track the retail side because that tells me how, how much consumers like to spend. So I watch that. Um, but you know, if, if you're not taking business classes, I would urge you to put that into your calendar, like renewal business classes. But if you're a new manager, a new practice owner, and you've never taken a class on financial statements, or if you've never taken a class on bookkeeping, even as basic as it is, these are the these are the skills that are very boring, but will keep you profitable. If you don't have these skills, it's really obvious to somebody like the three of us when we take a look at your books. It's really obvious to us that you've never done anything in this area. And sometimes it's not easy to fix. And I think one of the things you had told me, Teresa, is the classes don't have to be dental specific. looking at there's tons of classes out there that can give you it. And then you just interpret it into dentistry. I think sometimes it's better if it's non-dental because you get ideas of how other offices are not offices, but other industries trim costs and control costs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I feel like that's what I've been doing for a lot of my career is looking at like other industries and then be like, how can I make this work in dentistry? Mm -hmm. Yeah. because we're, you know what, really dentistry is siloed. I mean, that's a, mm-hmm. that's a business term. Basically we're like, you just stay in your lane. I mean, that's really what it is. You stay in your lane. You don't look out, you don't, you know, you got blinders on, you put your head down, you know, do your drilling, bill it, chase the patient later for statements, you know, like, like that's what we tend to do. Um, but we, we are part of a larger picture, not just healthcare, but larger industry picture. I mean, the amount of money spent on healthcare is astronomical in the U.S. Okay, so we're a tiny piece of it. But what happens if we get rolled up into the big piece of it? I've been talking about this for a while. If we ever go single payer, you please don't be one of those offices that like opens up your ADA newsletter that's been sitting in your inbox for six months and go, <laughs> wait a second, what? We're going into medical? We're going to be part of the ACA? What? You know, so... <laughs> 
don't be that office. Just stay on top of these things. Wow. Fantastic. I, I've learned so much today. <laughs> I've added stuff to my calendar to, to talk to my clients about. I'm very excited about this. This is one of my favorite yes, things. This is to talk great. About. I like keeping managers on track, right? Like that's, yep. it's hard to keep me on track, but I like keeping other people on track. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like everybody needs that. Everybody needs somebody to keep them on track, right? Even the best, even the best have a coach or somebody there to keep them on track. Right. Yeah. I need like you, and Richard we, Branson's coach or like Elon Musk's coach. Like who, <laughs> who's keeping them on track? That's who I need. <laughs> well, I am, I'm so grateful that you took the time to be with us today, Teresa. And I'm very honored that you are our first, our first guest. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I mean, I can't imagine, you know, um, you guys having the show without me, I would cry if you did like 10 episodes and I wasn't on one. No, and only because like I, I, you, the three of us have such good synergy together and we have the same practice ideals. Like we believe in the power of the solo practitioner. We love solo practitioners, but we also know that you can't put your head in the sand. You got to see what else is out there. And you guys have been so good. You guys have way more consulting clients than I do, but you guys have been so good at growing these practices for them. So kudos to you all. And then kudos for sharing because a lot of people don't share. So I'm so glad you're sharing all of this. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's just so much knowledge to be shared with the doctors. And unfortunately it, it is things that like they don't know right? They go to school, they learn how to be great clinicians, and then they are one day a business owner. And they're like, oh crap, what do I do? So I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I partnered with Malika for this. I'm grateful that you're around for this. And I'm grateful to the audience uh, to keep us going. So until next time. Yes, this has been an honor. My pleasure. My pleasure. <laughs> All right. We'll talk soon. Bye everyone. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on Accelerating Your Dental Practice. To connect with Malika and Michelle, visit ZarDentalConsulting.com and AffinityManagement.co and learn how they can help you accelerate your practice even further.